You're listening to episode number 85 of the Journey to Manifesting podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. I am so grateful that you are here with me right now. How are you feeling? What's going on in your life? I'd love to know. So if you feel like you would love to connect, please feel free to either rate or review this show on whatever podcasting platform you are currently listening to this. Or you can always connect with me on social media on Instagram. I am at Sarah Prout or over on Facebook. Just do a quick search and I'm sure you'll be able to find me. So today's topic and theme is all about setting intentions. As the title of this show suggests, The Journey to Manifesting, it's not all about the journey, it's about the journey and the destination, both are equally as important. And the very first step that needs to be taken when you are on this journey is to set intentions, to make it very clear with the universe what you are in the process of creating. So today I will be walking you through the ultimate seven-step intention setting process. This has been a body of work that I have shared with over half a million people now. And so I thought, hey, why not turn it into a podcast? This will be really helpful for many of you out there that just don't know where to start. It's it's really overwhelming, especially if you're just beginning, even if you are a more seasoned traveler when it comes to the law of attraction. It can be a little bit overwhelming, or you just might need the reminder, hey, what are you intending? Because everything always begins with intention. But before we dive in today, I just want to remind you that you can get yourself a copy of my latest book called Dear Universe, 200 Mini Meditations for Instant Manifestations. And in the book, there are 200 emotions listed. There are 100 fear-based emotions and 100 love-based emotions. And you tune in to how you are feeling in that moment and you ask the universe for guidance. Specifically, what is the universe trying to tell you? through whatever you are feeling. So it's a really important process to weave into your daily spiritual practice. And I love seeing how people and readers all around the world are using Dear Universe in their daily rituals. And in more exciting news, and you guys are the first to hear it here, Dear Universe is being translated into German, into Spanish, into French, into Hebrew. These are really exciting developments, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like translated into a language that I have no clue what it says. It just looks really cool. So once again, you can go and get your copy of Dear Universe at Amazon, Target.com, Barnes & Noble, anywhere that you can buy books. And remember, if they don't have it, you just have to ask them to order you in a copy. So I would love to hear what you think of Dear Universe. So let's dive in straight away to the seven ultimate intention setting steps. The very first one, and this is my absolute favorite, and I just mentioned it then when I was talking about my book, is that you need to create a ritual around your intention setting practice. So many of us just wait until the end of the year, that whole new you, new year, new you kind of vibe. And I used to do this 31st of December every year. I would list out what I wanted to attract in the upcoming year. And what was really interesting is that I would say I got to a point that over 80 to 90% of the things 
would manifest, would appear in my reality. And that was always fun. But what was missing was the feeling element. And I'll I'll, uh, jump into that a little bit more in the next steps. But first and foremost, to set your powerful intentions, whether they are on a full moon or a new moon or the end of the year or whenever you feel like it, whenever you feel like you need a dose of inspiration, set aside 30 minutes to an hour completely uninterrupted. So that means switch off your phone, turn off social media, get a pen and some paper and write out just a really quick brain dump what you want to create and you turn it into a ritual, something that you do regularly. So pour yourself a glass of wine, make yourself a cup of tea, make sure that you are in a really relaxed space and state of mind. Another idea is that you set a reminder on your phone or in your calendar on a weekly or even monthly basis to check in on your intentions and specifically how you are taking inspired action to create and manifest them. So make sure you set aside time in your busy schedule. I know so many of us are really busy out there. Make sure that you set aside time to create the ritual and really enjoy it. Just as you would, you know, maybe going to the hairdresser and getting a haircut or going and getting a checkup at the dentist. Make sure that you prioritize setting aside time for your intention setting ritual ritual. And some of the tools that you will need for your intention setting ritual are a pen and paper or a notebook or a journal. I prefer to get completely off electronic devices because there's this beauty between the pen and the paper. It's radically old school and it might seem a little bit laughable considering we live in the age of iPhones and apps and computers and all that jazz. (laughs) But it's so important to just get back to basics light a candle, sit with your crystals, maybe diffuse some essential oils and allow your thoughts from your heart, your feelings to flow onto the paper. Now, if you'd like to get a worksheet, you can go to intention setting worksheet or intention setting process.com and download my ultimate intention setting worksheet. And that gives you a step-by-step guide as to how to work through the be, what you want to be, what you want to do, and what you want to have elements of the intention setting process. So um, also, if you go to any blog post on my website, sarahprout.com, a little pop-up should come up and it will offer you the worksheet because you might be able to tell I'm so passionate about teaching people that everything that you want to manifest begins with intention. Everything that unfolds in your life, any interaction, any communication, if you can slow down and be present, has an intention behind it. You know, like how we communicate with our spouse and our children or our pets, it has intention. If you can be intentional with your life, your life becomes radically different. So the second thing, after you have created the ritual and you've set the scene, set the stage, you need to be specific about what you want. Okay, this is so important. When you can be specific, now I mean like down to the details, if you can allow your imagination to run wild, this is really important because the universe operates on specifics. Okay, they are the universe, he, she, they, (laughs) all that is, operates on specificity. So the more you can be precise with what you are ordering, the more likely it is that the universe can deliver what you want. So, (laughs) and I've seen this happen so many times that people set vague intentions and they get vague results. All right. Because remember the energy that you put out there always returns to you, 
always. So it's vital that you get curious about how can you tune in on specifics? How do you feel? The feeling element is like the ultimate, the ultimate offering of specificity. Number three is, oh, this, this one's one of my favorites. This is where you go wild and you allow yourself to dream really big. And you do it from the right space. So make sure that you check in with yourself and you're not just creating intentions because you have something to prove to somebody else. That's not going to get you very far. (laughs) You know, like I remember, and I've said this from stages before when I've done keynote speeches, that one of the things that I used to fantasize about doing was uh, showing up to my ex-husband's house driving a sports car. You know, that was like, that symbolized that I'd made it and I no longer needed him anymore. (laughs) But that that comes from a place that isn't sustainable. You want to make sure that you are dreaming big and going wild with your imagination about what you are setting intentions to create from a space that is of service to others, that is of service to your family, that fills up your heart. Okay, you want to make sure that you are setting these intentions for the right reasons, not because you're not good enough or not because you have anything to prove or to show to others or to, you know, rub it in their faces or keeping up with the Joneses. You want to make these very specific big dreams from the space of excitement. Because when you can truly tune in to what you are in the process of creating, You get excited by these dreams that seem so big and so crazy that you have no idea how they're going to happen. And then slowly but surely, you will start to receive signs from the universe that the universe is doing everything that it can behind the scenes to prepare your intentions to manifest into reality. Now, something that uh, I have spoken about very often is my early journey with the law of attraction, how excited I was. You know, when when I first watched The Secret back in 2006, that was it for me. I was hooked. I was like, yes, this is everything. Uh, Many years ago, excuse me, many years ago, I had read a book called uh, Creative Visualization by the late Shakti Gawain. And that gave me a taste as to what's possible when you can create in your mind's eye, you can see it. And then all of a sudden, your reality begins to catch up when it's meant to. And it could take a long time, or it could take a short time. So for me, I had my eyes set on a home in a suburb called Ivanhoe in Melbourne, which is where I lived for about 10 years. And it was across the road from a school. It was for sale for $2 million this house. Oh my gosh. I just got obsessed with it because I thought, okay, if I can obsess about a house, (laughs) obsess, I mean, it's so funny now. I know. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I really got fixated and obsessed with the idea that I would one day own this house, that I would live in this house. And I, I had, um, my daughter Olivia was really little. And so when my son Thomas was at school, I would walk all the way up to this house. It would take me about 35 minutes. Uh, I didn't get my driver's license until I was 30. So I did a lot of walking back then. And I would visualize living in this house. I would visualize what it felt like. I would visualize what it represented. And every time I would walk past the house, they had this big lavender bush that was kind of right on the street hanging over their fence. And every time I would walk past, I would clip off a little piece of lavender and I would take it home. And I would feel as if that lavender was mine. You know, I'd visualize mail arriving in the letterbox. 
and I would write it out. This is part of uh, something that I created called the Ancient Manifesting Ritual, which has been used by thousands upon thousands of people around the world. It's a process to imprint your subconscious mind. So if you're interested in that, you can go to my website in the shop and uh, pick up a copy of the Ancient Manifesting Ritual that shows you how to use the power of affirmations. Uh, And so I got obsessed with this house after watching The Secret. And what was really interesting is that my life soon after that time, so that was 2006, in 2009, my marriage, I was married for 10 years, started to fall apart in a big way. And so as life showed up, hang on, I've got a, I've got a crying baby in the background. She's with the nanny, but you know what? I'm just going to keep rolling because <laughs> you guys know that I'm not about perfection and I need to walk that talk. Uh, so what happened in 2009 was that life got in the way and I moved states. So that house just kind of faded. You know, I was never going to live in a house of that big or that grand. And I just, I knew that a lot would have to happen behind the scenes for that to happen. And, you know, to make a long story short, let's just fast forward 10 years, actually, no, 14 years from that time. So when Olivia was very little and she's nearly 14, she was born in 2006. So 14 years ago, let's just say that 13, 14 years ago. Uh, I would not want to live in that house now. (laughs) Your consciousness expands, your tastes change, but it becomes a stepping stone. So my point here, when you are dreaming big, just find something to dream big about and the universe will do the rest. The universe always knows without a shadow of a doubt what is in the highest, highest good what uh, the universe always has your best interests at heart from your higher self. We're working together in co-creation with the universe. And so when you remember this, and let's just say you're fixated or you want to manifest a specific person, that person might not necessarily be what you end up with, but it's the stepping stone. And I teach my students inside the Manifesting Academy all about the notion of this or something better. So to recap number three, remember, dream big, go wild, even if your logical mind is saying, oh, that'll never happen, or, oh, I, you know, I don't feel good enough to attract that, just write it down. It becomes a living document, something that you will feel so grateful that you have as a resource to look back on and to go, oh my gosh, that's where my mind was at that point. It's a commemorative experience to your metaphysical journey. It's so important. I love looking back on my journals now from 15 years ago and saying, oh my gosh, that's what I wanted for myself. So I used to do this process when I was, uh, let's see, I mean, you guys know I've always loved the law of attraction and I started when I was very young, around eight years old. But when I was about 25, 26, that's when it really started to kick in. And I loved keeping a journal with lists. Oh my gosh, my mother, if she's listening to this, she's like, Sarah, you have always loved lists. And I have. So keep these lists, keep them and then reflect back on them. And if you don't want to keep paper in your house because it's clutter, take a, take a photo of it and keep it in your Google Drive or uh, keep it as a photo. So you can look back and you can go, oh my gosh, that's where I was because it's such an honor to be on this journey. Uh, For me, I made and set the intention that for me, $100,000 a year was what I wanted to earn. $100,000 a year. In Australia, that's the top, I believe, 10% of income earners. My ex-husband, he earned about $100,000 a year back then. And I thought, yeah, if I could do that, 
then I would have made it. I wouldn't have to worry about anything. I could, you know, I could get a house for myself. I was always, <laughs> I was always plotting my escape. In my journal, I wrote the sentence secretly in my mind, I'm plotting my escape because it was a tough 10 years. Um, it was a tough 10 years for my ex-husband too. We were just not right for each other. And I would always be dreaming big. And so now when I look back on that $100,000 a year, I think to myself, wow, I'm, you know what? I'm so grateful that I wrote that down because uh, here we go. <laughs> I have to stop myself because I don't want to, I have to be very intentional with my wording here because I don't want to come across as pretentious or braggy. You know, that's definitely not who I am. But um, in my business, there have been some months that I have earned $100,000 and that's US dollars, not Australian dollars. So I feel so grateful for the journey that I've been on. Now, just remember, though, when I say this kind of stuff, it's not like all of a sudden it just landed in my lap and I won the lottery. I've worked hard to educate myself, to um, work with my business partner and my husband, Sean Patrick Simpson, to create this seven-figure business. It just didn't come out of thin air. There was a lot of uh, research and education that came along with that. My point here is that allow yourself to dream big because if I had said, if I had had like a magic mirror and the, the ghost of Christmas future <laughs> that future paced me to where I am today, even just 10 years ago, if I had been told, hey, Sarah, you're going to have four children, not just two, you're going to get married again to the love of your life, you're going to live in Las Vegas and you're going to run a seven-figure business, I would have looked at that person and went, what? No. I mean, I, I like to think that I can dream about that, but that's never going to happen. However, it did. And if I can do it, you can do it. Okay. So dream because once it's out there, it begins to snowball. This is why it's so important that your goal stretches you a little bit, that you go, okay, I'm a little bit scared by this, but I'm going to put it down on paper no matter what. And you do it for you. You don't do it because you think that's what your spouse wants you to do. You don't do it because you think that's what your kids want you to do. This intention setting process cannot be done from the space of being a people pleaser. Okay. If this is you, <laughs> and I'm talking to me too, because I have had definite people pleasing tendencies over the years, it's very important that you make and set your intentions from the space of non judgment, of not giving two flying farts <laughs> what other people think. You just can't do that. These are your dreams and yours alone. Okay, so number three, set dreams, big dreams, and go wild. Number four in the intention setting process is to feel worthy. I have worked with thousands upon thousands of people all around the world for the last 10 years to help them to manifest their dreams, their wishes, their goals, and their desires. And the number one thing, the biggest block, is feeling worthy. And it seems to be an epidemic in today's culture that we don't feel good enough. We compare and uh, we compare ourselves to others. We might measure ourselves up against other people and it's not sustainable. So you need to feel worthy. If you're going to be dreaming big about these amazing things that are coming into your life, you need to prepare yourself internally to feel as if you have the absolute right because you do to manifest anything, and I mean anything that your heart absolutely desires. I haven't done this in uh, the Journey to Manifesting podcast yet, but I'm going to read a passage here from my book, Dear Universe. 
Uh, this is number 100 worthy. So as I mentioned, there are 200 mini meditations and those 200 mini meditations represent different emotions. So in the love-based section, the emotion and the feeling to aim for is feeling worthy. So I'm going to read you this, this page. Here we go. Feeling worthy is your birthright because you are a beautiful human being. We all have faults, flaws, quirks, regrets, mistakes, and spiritual detours, and this makes us perfect in the imperfection. I've worked with thousands of people over the years to help them to manifest their dreams. I would say that the number one theme that stops someone from living an intentional life of greatness is not feeling worthy. You might question yourself, doubt your desires, or not want to be more successful than people in your family. Your worth is to be cherished and treasured, like a rare and exotic flower that you must feed and water in your mind's eye on a moment-by-moment basis. Remember, you must learn to silence the tiny voice in your heart that tells you that you are not enough. The universe has seeded this whisper into your consciousness as a challenge to rise above and remember that you are worthy. It's your call to step into your power and engage in the energy of compassion and kindness for yourself. Also, learning how to receive is imperative in cultivating your feelings of worthiness. Instead of rejecting compliments, stating that a gift is too much, or not asking for help, remember to love yourself fiercely and feel worthy. Why? Because you are. You always have been worthy and you always will be. Dear Universe, I am connected to the core essence of my soul. I remember that I am worthy of anything my heart desires. I am enough. I now stand guard at the doorway to my thinking and reject critical thoughts that question my worth. As my worthiness strengthens, I have more to give to others. So be it, so it is. And just a reminder, if you really enjoyed that little snippet of my book, Dear Universe, you can go and get yourself a copy from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, anywhere you can buy books all around the world. Um, So moving on to number four. So recapping number three, feeling worthy. Oh, actually, that was number four. Oh my God, where's my head right now? (laughs) Uh, Number four, feeling worthy. Number five, and this is my favorite, and I could literally talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Get into the feeling space of what you are intending. Okay, this is the underlying foundation of everything that I teach. Emotional empowerment. Your feelings are what create your reality. So many of us have heard the phrase thoughts become things, but it's actually your energy and your emotion which fuels the creation, which fuels the partnership between yourself and the law of attraction. So get into the feeling space. And what I mean by that is let's just say you want to manifest a dream home. I want you to visualize, emotionally visualize what it is like to come home from work or come home from a long day out doing other stuff, and you come home to your loving partner in the kitchen. There's food cooking on the stove. That's the favorite smell that you love when it comes to homemade food. There's a glass of wine on the kitchen counter. There are a bunch of fresh flowers that have been put out and displayed. It smells homely. It feels like you have walked into your sanctuary. And so I want you to really tune into that feeling of what that experience feels like for you. 
Now, this is the key. And so many people overlook this, especially when it comes to things like creating vision boards, for instance. Uh, you know, we snip out pictures of uh, hot bodies or um, dream homes or cars and we stick them on our vision board, make a beautiful collage. But the feeling element is missing. We must, as we do those kind of exercises, which are really powerful, by the way, feel and connect to the imagery. How will you feel driving that car? How will you feel living in that home? How will you feel when your health and your vitality and your wellness has increased exponentially? How does it feel? When you lead with your feelings, you actually close the gap because you're interrupting the pattern of being stuck in your head and you're operating in this beautiful paradigm of leading from your heart and leading with love. Okay, so this is number six in the seven-step intention-setting process. This one, and I will spare you from my singing, but this one is one of my children's favorite songs from the movie Frozen. My little girls, Lulu and Ava, love this song, and you've probably already guessed it if you have small kiddos. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go is the sixth step in the intention-setting process. When you obsess, when you fixate, when you are so hell-bent on always, always, and I mean always, <laughs> looking over your shoulder to see whether the universe is delivering signs or that your stuff is on the way, you actually create energetic resistance and it blocks whatever it is that you have set an intention to welcome into your reality. It creates a block in your vibration, in your aura, in your energy field. So you want to make sure that you set multiple intentions because when you set multiple intentions, you don't have to just have one big one. When you set little intentions as well, then you are splitting your focus so the universe can work her magic behind the scenes and work on different projects at different times. So just remember that the more you can split your attention and not just purely fixate on, oh my God, will he call me? Oh my God, will he like me back? Or, um, you know, bringing the storyline and the drama to it, the more you can get out of your own way and distract yourself, whether that is through setting other intentions or doing something you love. If you can create a practice of seeking joy, leaning into the activities, the experiences that bring you joy, that light your heart up, when you are actively participating in those kind of activities, then you release resistance. You go into flow. So I believe that everything in this universe that is constructed has two forms of energy behind it. It's either restriction or flow. It's either resistance or it is going with that flow, that love-based energy, the creative flow and source of all that is. Or it is fear-based, fear or love. It drops into two buckets all the time. Each and every moment is a pivotal point. So you have a choice. If you are fixating, if you are unable to shake this, this uh, how do I put this? this obsession with what's in the process of being created, just remember to mix it up a little bit. And I teach my students this all the time. Choose something on Netflix and go and binge watch a season of, I don't know, Orange is the New Black or Handmaid's Tale or uh, Breaking Bad, <laughs> whatever it is that you love. This will create space to incubate your intentions. This is the purpose of this. So when you incubate your intentions, you get out of your own way, you let it go, you surrender. The surrendering process in manifesting is what brings you closer to its appearance in your reality. Everything that appears 
in the physical realm must have been surrendered first for it to flow into physical form. Everything that you see around you currently, this is where it gets really trippy <laughs> and I won't get too, uh, too caught up on this, but this is like advanced manifesting stuff. Look around you right now, whatever you're doing, unless you are driving, <laughs> just be careful. Look ahead. <laughs> um, everything was in the non-physical realm first before it got here. And if that doesn't make you, uh, you know, remember that we are much more than just these meat suits, just remember as you look around that everything was in the non-physical first and there is still so much more in the non-physical that is on its way to you. Experiences, people, places, amazing feelings. Imagine. Imagine what is in that beautiful holding space for you. Abraham Hicks calls it uh, the vortex, what's in your vortex. And to just to briefly explain the vortex, it's like this amazing holding space, the biggest, most fabulous warehouse. And if you can get in there and you're standing in there all the time pre- with your presence and your emotions come from that space of limitless possibilities, then it feels good, it feels really good. So often we get so trapped in our emotions, in the circumstances of our lives, things beyond our control and making, um, you know, rash assumptions based on very temporary situations. We use universals and language such as it's always this way or it never happens. And when we do that, we create limitations. We go back to that fear-based thinking, those that restrictive flow, that resistance that I'm talking about. But moving into that love-based emotion, the flow-based state is optimal when you are in this creation process. So once you have uh, let it go or at least distracted yourself for a little while and you may not get it right all the time and that's perfectly okay, once you have let it go, you've surrendered to whatever unfolds and you've used an affirmation like this one, dear universe, I trust, I now trust that all is unfolding in perfect divine timing and not a moment sooner. Once you remember that, you can move on to number seven in the intention setting process, which is to feel grateful, grateful for whatever shows up. Now, this is easier said than done. This is a practice. This is like building a muscle. The more you can feel grateful for whatever shows up in your reality, good, bad, and ugly, the more the universe will reward you because it is an act of faith that you can trust what is in the process of being orchestrated behind the scenes. You never know what what stepping stone is being provided to you as a buffer to get you closer to what you want. So uh, I'm saying, I'm not saying be grateful if something really bad happens for you or to you, but just get curious about what is the lesson that the universe is delivering? What is the opportunity in empowering your emotions and not solidifying a storyline that holds you back for 10 years? Okay, how can you deal with the process of emotional empowerment. Something bad happens. Let's just say you don't have any money, hypothetically, and you get a parking ticket. And it was something that you didn't see because there was like a big tree growing over the sign. And you come back to your car after having coffee with a girlfriend and there is a parking ticket under the windshield wiper. What do you do? <laughs> you feel pissed off. Of course you do. That's that's just natural. You're like, oh God, and I don't have the money to do this right now. However, in that moment of reaction, 
If you just give yourself a moment to feel those negative emotions rather than storylining it, you won't attract more. If you can nip it in the bud, nip it in the bud. And that stops it from spreading. That stops it from becoming a bigger problem than it needs to. Okay, if that makes sense. So you want to make sure that you can be grateful. Hey, I'm grateful that there's this opportunity for me to be more mindful because you never know. The fact that you weren't more mindful in where you parked could create a sense of mindfulness when you need to react at an instantaneous in an instantaneous moment to swerve from a truck that is heading in your direction. It's these tiny incremental pivotal shifts in our awareness and our unconscious and our consciousness that can literally mean the difference between life and death. I've spoken about this story many times from a stage. Uh, and uh, I, I tell it all the time because it's just so powerful and I'll briefly run over it right now. So there was this guy on his way to work and uh, he took the train to work every single day and he stepped in gum and he had fancy shoes because he worked in a fancy office and he's like, oh God, I stepped in gum. And you know, it's the worst, that stuff, especially if you've got like treads on the bottom of your shoes, it's really hard to get out. So he decided it would be probably quicker for him to go home, change his shoes, than try and stand on the side of the road, picking the gum out of the bottom of his shoe. As he went home, uh, he went in, he saw his wife and his wife had the TV on. She did um, the ironing in front of the TV in the morning. And as he looked at the TV, he saw a plane flying into his office building. September the 11th, 2001. And so had he not stepped in gum, a very inconvenient moment, he would have been on the train and in that office at the time the plane hit. So when we remember that we can sometimes be grateful. We can most of the time be grateful. We can always be grateful for whatever's unfolding with curiosity. And I'm not saying you make it all happy, happy, joy, joy, like Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> if you know Ren and Stimpy, we, we have to be friends. <laughs> uh, um, I grew up with Ren and Stimpy, but I digress. If you can be grateful for whatever's showing up with a sense of curiosity that it's teaching you a lesson, that there is something beautiful and magnificent to learn from the inconvenience, then you win. You win at life. Okay. Now I don't even get it right all the time. I don't. I talk about it. I teach it, but I'm a human being. And what's important is that hindsight, <laughs> the theme of next year, actually 2020 hindsight. Uh, it's very important to reflect. And th that's why journaling can be a very powerful process as well. So when you are grateful for whatever shows up, and you are grateful for things that show up that are really great and really amazing that make you feel that sense of joy and appreciation, then the universe will deliver more of it. It's that simple. It's the energy you put out that will come back to you. So if you can put out the energy of appreciation and curiosity in the moments that are less than desirable, the more the universe will deliver to you less of those experiences that definitely inconvenience us. Okay, and because you've listened to the show for this long, and this is actually quite a long episode of the journey to manifesting for me, I'm going to give you number eight, which is a bonus piece for the seven-step intention setting process, which should really be modified to eight. But here it is. It is the importance of taking inspired action. So once you have created a ritual, you've been specific about what you want, you've allowed yourself to dream big, you feel worthy enough to attract whatever it is that your heart desires. Once you have got into the feeling space and aligned with what it is that you want to create, 
once you have let go and you're over the obsession phase, and once you have felt grateful for whatever shows up, then, and you can do this throughout the the other steps as well, but you must take inspired action. Okay, this is so radically important and often overlooked in the manifesting process. So you might be asking, well, what does inspired action look like? How do I take those first steps? So it looks like this. You make the phone call, you send the email, you write the query letter, you talk to that stranger, you uh, go to the art supplies store and you buy the things that you need to create that piece of artwork. You uh, go to the different bookstore across town that you've always felt that you wanted to go to. You tune into how you are feeling and you take action based on that, okay? And you mix it up a little bit because here's the thing about us as human beings, we tend to habituate what happens in our daily lives. Habituate. <laughs> I just want to make sure that comes out correctly. Habituate, meaning <laughs> that we become desensitized to our daily tasks and our daily routines. We become creatures of habit. But when we are open to breaking those habits, to mixing it up a little bit, the energy is then disrupted and the universe will deliver things differently. So if you're sick of seeing the same thing appearing in your reality, then stop doing the same things in your current reality. You can keep on doing what you're doing and you'll keep on having what you're having. So do something different. Mix it up. And that is the path to taking inspired action. So there you have it. The seven plus one, which makes eight step ultimate intention setting process. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It really was a, a blessing and a privilege and an honor for me to spend this time with you today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends or leave me a review on iTunes if you can. That'd be great. Uh, for every review that I read, I do send back the energy of love and appreciation to every single person that takes the time to do that. And once again, don't forget, you can get a copy of my latest book called Dear Universe, 200 Mini Meditations for Instant Manifestations from any way you can buy books. And if they don't have it, just ask. And I'm sure that they will manifest that for you in a jiffy. So sending you so much light and so much love. And remember, seek as much joy as possible. I can't wait to see what manifests for you. So until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.